It's the Buzz and Steve-O Show, coming at you now. Shut up and sit down. A lot of acquisitions in free agency and trade market this week. Let's just jump right into some of the bigger stories. Um, the quarterbacks, you had Watson to Cleveland happen. Big deal. Cleveland gives away three first rounders. They give away a third and a fourth and got Watson in a seventh, I believe. That is a lot of capital on top of a $230 million guaranteed salary. All guaranteed. That's crazy. It's nuts. Well, so. what they did, they're paying him a $1 million salary this year, and the rest of it's what? Roster bonuses. Bonuses and, stuff and like such that, as yeah. that. I mean, it's all guaranteed money, but if he gets suspended or whatever, you know, what's he going to Yeah, it'll lose? be roster bonuses that way if he does end up, you know, uh, not being available on the roster at the beginning of next year, then they kind of get out of that money. It's not probably – I wouldn't have done it as a, a team manager as a signing bonus because that's – just immediate payout. Yeah. If you do it as a roster bonus, he actually has to be on the roster to get that money. <clears throat> has to play. So. Or be on the roster. Big, big deal there. That leaves the question of what happens to Baker. You know, where is Baker going to go? Uh, he expressed, I believe, some interest in Indy, but now <laughs> that's late. that's Matt Ryan's team. Yep. With the Falcons taking a $40 million dead cap hit. I don't know what the deal was, but evidently they just wanted to part ways with him. I think I think they ostracized uh, themselves from Matt Ryan going after Watson so hard. Probably. And basically, you know, made it known that they were looking to move on. Well, look at what it did with Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. I mean, I think they wanted Baker gone anyway, but that kind of finalized that. Well, for the last uh, two weeks, you know, Commanders fans have been – sitting around hearing all the news about, you know, Wentz leaving Philly and, and, and being pushed out of Indy and how Philly took the biggest cap hit in history to get rid of Wentz and send him to Indy. Well, that is no longer the case. Um, Matt Ryan now owns the lead <laughs> and the Atlanta Falcons taking a, over a $40 million and what did what they get, hit. like a third-round pick or something? They got a third-round pick, yeah. Yeah, well, at a least Philly, Philly ended up getting some first-round picks yeah. when they got when they traded Wentz. So. Well, look, Matt Ryan, man, he's got a little <clears throat> left in the tank. I mean, I he think does. he's like 38 or 9 Thir years old. Yeah, 37, 38. And, I mean, he's got a few years left. He's, he's, he's a good quarterback. He got rookie offensive player of the year. He's been an MVP before. He's been an MVP. He's gotten – uh, offensive Player of the Year. He's been to some Pro Bowls. He's won a, a good won a couple playoff games. Made it to the Super Bowl. Probably should have won that Super Bowl. But he's the reason he's going to fit so good in Indy is he got absolutely no problems handing the ball off. No, and he's going to be able to throw those little checkdowns, and he's going to be able to do exactly what Indy wants him to do. You know, I think that was the knock on Carson. Uh, Carson would take a play that was already over and try to make something more out of it rather than just – Checking, checking it down. So, Deshaun to Cleveland, Matty Ice goes to Indy. Uh, hey, two AFC teams, I ain't too mad about it. 
the question now is what's going to happen with Baker? Is he? I mean, where is he going to land? You basically, wh- wh- who do you have still looking for a quarterback? Carolina. Carolina. Uh, well, New Mar- Orleans signed Jameis, so New Orleans signed they got Jameis. their quarterback. Atlanta signed Mariota. Yeah. You got Garoppolo and Baker kind of left out there still. Uh, and there are some still some teams sort of looking, but you know Baker's got a pretty big cap hit too, doesn't he? If uh, I think he was, I think his eighteen salary, million or something like that. Yeah, eighteen point nine or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what, but you know they're gonna. I, I don't know what is Cleveland gonna do with them. They're not going to keep them. No. So if somebody don't trade for them, they're gonna release them. Well, so. they've uh, Cleveland's already signed their backup also. Yeah, J- J- Jacoby Brisket. Cleveland uh, is done with Baker Mayfield. So Budweiser pulls its sponsorship of the Washington Commanders. Look, I I know the hatred for Dan Snyder, and I get it. But when exactly did we become so woke that a company that literally produces and markets poison to humanity? gets to claim the moral high ground. I mean, I understand the economics and supply and demand, but damn, Budweiser, look in a mirror. But on the other hand, Budweiser, I understand that you now have some available sponsorship dollars, so hit me up, Buzz and Steve-O. All right, so moving on. The Commanders re-signed a handful of players, uh, among amongst which were Bobby McCain, Cam Sims, Tyler Larson, the center, Charles Leno, left tackle, and the kicker, Joey Sly. And, of course, J.D. McKissick, who apparently uh, had a somewhat of a handshake deal with the Bills and then, you know, typical cutback, juke them out, J.D. McKissick fashion. Took the same offer from us. Took the same offer from us. And, hey, that's a touchdown for us. I'm glad he did. And, you know, from what I understand, agents do this kind of stuff all the time. They'll they'll make a deal with a team, you know, but at the last hour they'll sign somewhere else. So, you know, well, it's not like it's un- – it's not like it doesn't happen. The Bills GM was all butthurt over it, you know, kind of came out and said, you know, this affects our relationship with Washington or whatever. Because, you know, they kind of been tight. But what do you do? It's a business. Don't get your feelings hurt because a player would rather play here than there. Hey, it happens to us all the time. Too often. It happened, it's happened to us three or four times this year in free agency already. A, a player decides they want to go somewhere else other than playing here. Well, Whatever. Why, it that's happens. why Sheriff never signed a deal. I get, mean, get real. Stop crying about it, Bills GM, whatever your name is. Um, you also added – Obviously, Carson, who's back in the number 11 jersey, and Andrew Norwell, offensive lineman. He's a former Jag and a former Panther, Panther I believe yeah. he was drafted by the Panthers. Then he signed some big deal with the Jags. That deal's now over. He played it out, and we pick him up. And I think he's – well, he's familiar with Ron Rivera, obviously, because Ron Rivera was Carolina's coach during that time, I believe. I believe he was on the Super Bowl team that Carolina the year they went. So he's been to a Super Bowl, hadn't won one. But he's got a lot of experience, and I think he's, uh, from what I understand, is as good or similar to Brandon Sheriff. Uh, he just plays the left side as opposed to the right. So he's he's got some good credentials. I think he's going to be good for us. 
So that's kind of your player additions. I mean, other than the guys we re-signed, the guys that we brought in new so far, it's basically those two guys. Now talking about some of the guys we've lost, Eric Flowers, who hasn't signed with anyone yet. He's still in, he's still a free agent. Obviously, Sheriff, who went to the Jags. Tim Settle goes to the Bills. He kind of the one I hate to see go, but. And Matt Ioannidis. Uh, to the Panthers, and Matt's agent kind of blasted the team publicly and basically said that they were lied to their face because the commanders told him that, hey, he's good. He's got a spot here. Well, you know, then they go acquire Carson Wentz. The money changes around. You look at Matt Ioannidis' 10 mil in the cap. You feel like you can put that money to better use so things change. So they release him. Well, personally, I think he was a bit overpaid anyway. I mean, he was a good player, but he he was injured a lot, and he was a backup. So Yeah, he didn't have a starting role, man. Again, he's good, and he's effective when he's in there, but for whatever reason, either he can't stay healthy or he just does not fit into the scheme very well. I'll take a good quarterback over him any day, and that's, sure. that's what it came down to. Exactly. So my only problem there is – uh, it would have been really nice to maybe reevaluate the situation of letting Tim Settle go if, you know, once you understood that Matt no longer was going to be here. Well, from what I understand about Tim Settle, I mean, he wa- I think he wanted to stay here, but we just didn't, we didn't make offer in time. He was looking, obviously, and he kn- we knew that, and we thought we could just drag a little bit maybe and and still sign him, but next thing we know, boom, he's gone. But, hey, Eric Flowers, cap space. Brandon Sheriff, cap space. Tim Settle, I don't know what he was making, but cap space. Ionitis, obviously cap space. Now you've got some cap. you got some cap back against Carson, right? He took $28 million of your cap. I think it was 32 or 33 that we had at the beginning. So now you've built it back up to around, let's call it $17 million that we have in cap space right now. And that is not including the Collins deal because he's a post-June 1 cut and all things point toward that money being used to uh, sign Terry to a deal. So we're not taking that into account. But if, Buzz, if you could sign two players out of free agency – Right now, with that $17 million, what two are you going to take? I kind of – well, of course, Bobby Wagner, I'd love to sign him. I think he's got several more years left, <clears throat> but I think he's just going to be a bit too expensive. Uh, he's going to want a, a deal that will extend to the extent of what he years he wants to remain playing. So are we going to sign him for a five-year deal? I don't think so, but – if we could somehow, he'd be my number one guy. Stephon Gilmore is a cornerback. I think he's still, you know, a good player. And do we need a cornerback? I don't know, but well, you got to remember, you got about seventeen million dollars to work with, and you yeah, sign two guys. You're I not mean, signing Wagner and Gilmore because they're both ten million plus guys. Okay, well, let's just say if we can't get Bobby Wagner, I don't know. Tyron Matthew will do, you know, a safety. Uh, we're going to either need to draft one or then you got a rookie in that position. But, you know, that's that could be a good thing. There's a few good ones in the 
in the draft this year. You know, you got uh, Leonard Fournette out there, running back. I don't think we done signed McKenzie. We got Gibson. So just pick uh, two. Okay, uh, Bobby Wagner and uh, Teron Armstead from the Saints, the offensive tackle. He's he's good. So my two are obviously Bobby Wagner, uh, a free agent, thirty-one years old, six foot tall, two forty. I don't. I can't exactly figure out. I tried to look it up exactly what his salary was last year. I think it was relatively high. But with Seattle letting him go, they obviously didn't want to re-sign that deal. So I'm thinking, you know, if you can get Wagner for around eh, 10 to 12 mil, like you said, not a five-year contract, but maybe a two-year deal at at that rate, I think, uh, you know, 11 mil a year, go for it. And my second, you touched on it. I know a lot of people say we don't need that. But for for what this guy made last year and – who he is and what he can offer you, especially on third down and goal-to-go situations. Uh, It's tremendous. That's Leonard Fournette, a free agent that's 27 years old. I thought he was older than that. He's six foot, 240. He's got a ring. uh, And he only made $3.25 million last year. I'd like to have Leonard Fournette. He had a – Rushed 180 times for 812 yards, 4.5 yards per carry last year, eight touchdowns, 69 catches for 454 yards, and two scores. And he does not turn the ball over. He's a, And he does – he can get you that first down, for, uh, third and one, fourth and one. He going to get you a yard. He reminds me of the good old days back when we had people like Gerald uh, Riggs and John Riggins. Uh, those guys, if you needed a first down – Joe Gibbs hand him the ball, say give it to him, and he would get it. Yeah. Well, speaking of Joe Gibbs, you know, there have been a lot of reports that uh, Gibbs helped study the film and helped the commanders hone in on the Carson Wentz decision. Uh, What do you know about that? A little misleading as far as that goes. Um, People seem to think that Joe Gibbs had a decision in that particular uh, pick. But, you know, this is the deal. Joe Gibbs is a Hall of Fame coach. He's a Hall of Famer in two different sports. The man is brilliant when it comes to uh, building a winning team. So if you're a coach or if you're somebody looking to do something, why in the world would you not want to seek the man's advice? So that's all what that's what Ron Rivera did. He decided, well, you know, let me pick this man's brain a little bit. So he asked him, what did you look for in a quarterback? And it wasn't – he didn't ask him who would you pick in the quarterback. What do you look for? So they talked about it. One of Joe Gibbs' main things was he likes a tall quarterback. You know, uh, when he had Joe Theismann, he liked Joe Theismann, but one of the knocks on him was he was a little short. Uh, so, you know, Rippon was tall. He was 6'3 or so. Then he got Doug Williams. He was tall. Um, Jay Schrader was tall. These all these quarterbacks that came in, so Joe Joe Theismann was inherited by Gibbs. The rest of them that he picked were tall quarterbacks. So you know that was one of the main things, and also of course athletic ability, arm strength, throwing the ball down the field, all the typical stuff you want in a quarterback. So after all that was said and done, I think that helped Ron Rivera make the decision on Carson Wentz. He has the arm talent and he has the height. Yeah, I mean, maybe a nudge in the right direction. 
obviously, you know, Joe Gibbs in this franchise is a legend. There's not really a bigger name in this franchise than Joe Gibbs. Not at all. And to not take to heart anything that that man would have to say to you, it would be an injustice to your organization. Because, I mean, you look at what other coach has won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. None. You've never heard a player that played for him ever say a bad word about Not him. Not a single word. He was a leader of a different kind. So, yeah, you you, you definitely take anything he's got to uh, lend, take it seriously. So the hashtag Boycott Dan, it's a big deal. A lot of people upset with his ownership. A lot of people won't spend money with the franchise because Dan is the owner. And they just hate him. They despise him for integrity. Well, let's take a step back and let's assess the situation with the lenses of reality. First off, you're not going to find a billionaire in this world that is squeaky clean. To think that there is anyone out there with enough money to come in and buy this franchise from Dan and they're bringing with them no baggage that is a naive thought there's two ways to become a billionaire either you inherit it or you are a cutthroat and you leave casualties in your wake on the way to the top collateral damage is a part of growing wealth there is no easy smooth or bloodless way to do it you don't get that wealthy and remain clean you get dirt on your fingernails you are a cutthroat if you ascertain that amount of wealth do you really think dan misses your hundred dollar ticket i mean honestly you're not gonna buy a ticket because you don't want to support dan what do you think is gonna happen if somebody buys this team from him they're gonna put far more money in his pocket than you could ever hope to do. We're talking five, six billion dollars. So either way, Dan wins, guys. That's the one thing I think everybody overlooks. It's not like he's gonna sell the team for pennies on the dollar. If he does end up selling the team, which most of you want, he's gonna be a fat, fat cow. He's going to be the fattest one in the pasture. He's going to be laughing all the way to the bank. Doesn't matter if he remains the owner or if he does end up selling. He still wins. And you're putting all this effort into hashtag boycott Dan websites and everything. And hey, if you got nothing else to do with your time, I get it, you know. But make no mistake about it. He wins either way. Even if hashtag boycott Dan works guess what he still walks away with billions of dollars and you get another billionaire to take his place that you may not know the dirt that has been swept under that rug trust me it's there it is there because if you amass that amount of wealth you got some dirt under your fingernails folks don't get it twisted hey 
a little March Madness in the house. All right. Go Carolina. Carolina Tar Heels knock off the number one seed Baylor uh, in an overtime victory. Um, if Carolina can actually get a rebound in that game, it doesn't go to overtime. But they cannot get a rebound to save their life in the last five minutes. And hey, they played okay. Well, they had a twenty-five-point lead at one point, but didn't. Then the kid got ejected. It is what it things is. Things happens, but but they, down the stretch, they couldn't get a board. You yeah, know, yeah, they could. They're, they're sitting there letting Baylor get offensive rebound after offensive rebound, and they're not making their free throws. Carolina's not. That's all they got to do is make a free throw. I mean, God, go to overtime. And it is what it is. But hey, I was glad to see him win. St. Peter's, man. I mean, you still got Gonzaga. St. <laughs> Peter's. St. Peter's. Hey, you know what? Uh, there's always a Cinderella team in there, and I guess this is St. Peter's year. But I tell you what, I noticed about that team, man. Those, you know, I think they got a little uh, two guard, and they got that point guard, and you know, at the end of that game, what I'm noticing is. A lot of the, the players on the other team are sweating buckets, man. But you look at this guy for St. Peter's, they keep fouling him over and over and over because they're just trying to get the ball back, stop the clock. And he's just cool, calm, collected, ain't got a beat of sweat on him. <laughs> it's the end of the game. I mean, it's hard to probably compete with that type of um, attrition. He's just happy to be there. Yeah. Hey, but I think they definitely earned that game, knocked off. Kentucky, mm-hmm. and that was a big upset. Uh, I didn't see it coming, but hey, more power to them. I'm kind of there were they're a 15 seed if I remember I correctly. Believe, I believe it was like 14 or 15. I think yeah. they were a 15 seed. So go UNC. Uh, I don't think they've got enough to win it all, but I'm gonna be rooting for them nonetheless. What's up, everybody? Do me a favor. Hit that like button. Hit that follow button. Share this show. Help us out. Follow us on Twitter at Buzz and Steve-O. It's going to be a wild ride. Draft's coming up. Then we move into OTAs, training camps, preseason, and then the regular season. And hopefully, we can make it to the playoffs and Make a little noise this year. Follow along with us. Let me let me say this about Wentz. He's top 10 in 20-yard uh, plays plus and one loss record over since 2016. That's top 10 all quarterbacks. And looking at that, the commanders since 2016 in the same period, they're anywhere from 28th to 31st in the same category. How can you not say we got us an upgraded quarterback? I mean, if we can get with Scott Turner's playbook, he can open it completely now. The offense he runs relies on passes that not continually, but uh, passes 20 yards and plus down the field. It opens up everything else. Or what's up here close opens up everything down the field. I think I'm going to like his offense this year because I think he can finally open it up. I'm kind of, you know, that's what they were hoping to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year. And of course that didn't work out, but now we got another guy that can get the ball deep. So I really look forward to seeing what this offense can do this year. Yeah, I hope it works out. Uh he's definitely going to push the ball. You know, that seems to be his MO. Let's face it. 
Washington has no bandwagon fans because in today's climate, it isn't necessarily cool to be a Washington fan. So to those of us who always have and continue to bleed burgundy and gold, I salute you. The draft is now just a couple of weeks away, and you know, hopefully we can put some more weapons around this guy, give him a fighting chance. Ho- hopefully Deami Brown is going to see an increased role this year and really step up to the plate because I feel like he's got the talent if he uh, really just takes that next step and doesn't become a Gandy Golden. What I would love to see there, I would love to see maybe within the next few weeks, Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin and Deami Brown and Curtis Samuels, if he's healthy enough at this point, getting together and working out. You're definitely looking for more production out of Deami Brown because you're not going to end up bringing back Humphreys. I haven't heard anything about DeAndre Carter over the last week or so. No, it's kind of uh, at a stagnant right now. I haven't heard of uh, any offers being made from anybody. So he's out there. Maybe Washington's just sticking to their number with DeAndre, and he's either going to take it or not. Yeah, from what I understand, the coaching staffs they kind of like that Dax Milne guy too. They do. So I think, you know. He could be a, the guy to take DeAndre's place returning. With so much drama in the DMV, it's kind of hard being Washington fans OG, but somehow, some way, keep coming up a funky ass shit nearly every single day. Gonna pick off Hurts, Jones, and Dak and run the NFC East back to back. Wentz is the man with the plan, and if you don't know, now you know, baby, baby. Devontae Adams, he's gone to the Raiders, signed a $141 million deal for five years. He wanted to be with the Raiders. He wanted to be reunited with Derek Carr, who was his quarterback in college. Well, I mean, think about it, dude. That guy, he's he's wanted to play for the Raiders for a while, and now he's leaving the subarctic – Antarctica Peninsula <laughs> of Green Bay. Playing in the snow and all he's the time. headed to a state-of-the-art stadium in Vegas. Yep. I mean. I'm sure that has something to do with it. Oh, my gosh. Put the money aside. That right there is a raise. Looking at what has happened in the AFC West over the last few weeks. Woo. That division is stunning. Stacked. The whole AF, I mean, the AFC is a monster. Well, look at these teams. Kansas City, Mahomes, I don't know what they're doing with Hill. I don't know if they've re-signed oh, them yet. Oh, they're going to they're gonna keep their core. But, look, I mean, Kelsey, okay. Then you move, obviously, to the Broncos. Look who they've picked up. Go on down to the Raiders or up wherever they are. Raiders signing Devontae Adams. Yep. They still got Crosby. Carr's going to have a great year, you know, because Devontae's catching everything, and he's the best receiver in the league at separating on the line of scrimmage. He's a basketball move guy. He crosses people up. Upgrades that team tremendously. Then look at the Chargers. And I think they're going to win. I picked them to win this division this year. Herbert, Eckler, Bosa, Khalil Mack. Yep. Defense is going to be just – and they re-signed Mike Williams. Williams. And they so, still got uh, and Herbert's in Keenan his third Allen. year, so I mean, he's just he's going to be even better. How are they doing it? They're paying Mac, 
They just paid Williams like $20 million. I'm telling you, some they of these guys have a magic pencil. Keenan Allen, all that money. Yeah, they just paid him a, a bunch just, of money. Dude. They're, they're $20 million for uh, They're doing Mike whatever Williams. they want to do. And you can say whatever you want about that head coach over there. I know a lot of people uh, shoot shade at him a lot, but, I mean, he's – Taking a playbook from Sean McVay, mm-hmm. and he's just he's building Won't a super. Now. He's building a super roster, and he's got a. He didn't have to go break the bank on a quarterback. He's got a quarterback on a rookie deal. Yeah, and dude, that yeah, they guy's, they definitely when they got him, they definitely hit a jackpot. That division <clears> is <throat> stacked, and think about this too: the division that was the arguably the best division in football last year. Which was the NFC West? Now look yeah. at what they've lost. Yeah, you still got the Rams, obviously, but Seattle—are Seattle they going to be relevant? They could be a play from Baker Mayfield or Garoppolo, Possibly. but you know how much does that upgrade with what they already have? They well, don't have. They it don't doesn't have the because around. either way, it's a downgrade from Russell Wilson yeah. that they lost, and uh, you know Bobby Wagner gone. Yeah. The AFC is going to beat up each other so bad this year. Yeah, yeah. And you still got mm. – we ain't even talked about pro football folks' number one in the power rankings right now, which is the Bills, obviously, who have still <laughs> just been adding yeah. to their roster. Yeah, just adding and adding. And, I mean, you still got the and, likes of, you know, like you said, Indy. And nobody's even spoke about Tennessee – I know, no. and look at them. They're, yeah. I mean, they're they're picking up a piece here and there. These teams in the AFC are going to be so talent. They're going to have so much talent, but they're just going to beat up on each other. So it's just going to be amazing to watch and see who does finally. Yeah, it's not a good time to be an AFC team if you're the likes of the Texans or the Jaguars or. Even the Dolphins, who have been making some moves, but are you going to be relevant with yeah, all those hard. powerhouses it's in that division? It's just hard to figure that they will be. You got two things in the AFC. You got the haves and the have-nots. Yep. You got the haves, who are all the teams in the West, all the teams in the North, mm-hmm. and half of their teams in the other division. And then you got the Jets, the Texans. Uh, yeah. The Jags. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the bottom of the barrel, evidently. Yeah. So, But you never know. Uh, some of these teams could rise up and shock the world. Yeah. But it's it's doubtful. And in the NFC, I mean, what do you do? You know, you still got the Packers with Aaron. And you know, you they're going to – it doesn't matter who you put around Aaron Rodgers. He's going to make them better, just like Tom Brady makes. Look at how many yeah. Super Bowls Tom Brady won – and each Super Bowl, it was a cast of different characters. It's almost and, like and it could be the same with Rodgers. It's almost like you gotta, you gotta. Other than maybe the East, in the NFC, you probably got one stud in each division. You know, you well, got you got the Rams, you got the Bucks, you got the Packers, and then maybe the East is wide open. Well, here, okay, let's talk about the East just on a quick note. You know, Dallas, they're going to be good. I mean, I hate to say it, but they're going to be good because they're going to – they still got most of what they did have. Their defense will probably – they got Dan Quinn, and he'll find a way to, to make the defense decent. Um, 
They've, they've and, gotten rid of a lot of players. But that's what I'm saying. And they just they, – I think they peaked last year. I just see them going a little down this year. I think they peaked last year, and where, what did it get them? A playoff loss in the first round. I mean, they've kind of so, – you think about it, they got rid of their number one receiver. They are way – Randy Gregory's gone. They're, over, they're, they're paying a running back – so much money, and he's not even the best running back on that team. Yeah, Lyle Collins, he's pretty much gone. Left tackle, losing some, he's they, gone. Gregory, yeah. gone. Um, so a lot of other key pieces on that on that team that have made you know, some noise. They re-signed Vander Esch, but hey, he's injured all the time. So uh, you know, but so let's just take them. They're going to be, but they could, you know, it's like gonna, you said the last show. I think they're going to, you know, I think. They're gonna take a, a step back from the way I see it. A right little now. bit, I believe. So they're losing. Okay, so let's just say Philadelphia and Washington. <clears throat> now Philadelphia, they've got that um, their number one receiver that they picked last year. Bonta you know, Smith, I believe. Yeah, and it, it just depends what they end up doing, what kind of offense they run, and is do they have their quarterback? But I they won ten games last year, so. Factor them in, but I also see us being relevant this year. I see this offense of Scott Turner's tape finally showing up, and these guys that we've been saying it takes a year or two for them to get to know how to do this, this, that, and the other. I think they're going to finally show up, and I just see I'm being very optimistic, but I see us having a really good year. And but the NFC, you're right, is wide open. All right. Later, Tater. Have a good one.